0: Alright, hello, welcome to today's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. Today we have a filmmaker, producer, um, you got a lot going on here. Uh,
1: yeah. special effects makeup. Special
0: effects makeup, electrical department, second unit director, <laughs> uh, makeup, uh, you were yourself in an episode. <laughs> um, so, uh, Cindy, tell us about yourself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that pretty much covered it. Oh, you <laughs> forgot plumbing. You forgot plumbing. Um, <laughs> no. Um, well, I'm Cindy Sanabria, also known as Slaughter Sin, your She-Wolf Empress of Gore, from the Horror Tour Guide, and um, Women of Color and Horror, and I am a horror host, a uh, filmmaker, <laughs> writer, director, all that good stuff, um, and I dabble in special effects makeup. I pride myself in my blood. I make blood from scratch. You will be seeing it in my next horror, <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah I think I pretty much covered it all
0: (laughs) so you're a horror host um how did you get into horror hosting
1: um well I moved to Florida and it was like lame over here I couldn't connect like I wanted a horror network and um before I moved to the state I used to do a lot of like horror travel blogging Mm -hmm. so I I used to go to like a lot of haunted destinations and you know and um And basically that kind of like grew and I decided to launch a website. um, Also to have a platform where I could create my own content and create my own, build my own fan base, which, you know, which worked. Um, And yeah. And then I uh, launched a horror tour guide. Hence the horror tour guide uh, was born. And it's always been, um, it's, it's a multifaceted site where um, it's, your go-to place for everything horror so it's not just horror movies um like everything from horror video games horror designers I um there was a while that I was doing like um vlogging like video blogging and um interviewing um like people in the industry and that's how I got into like horror hosting um and you know they started taking off and you know everything from Russ McCainy from McCainy Manor to um If anybody knows him, he, he does this like torture haunt that's like infamous and everybody's, you know, they've even written petitions to stop him and everything (laughs) down to people that, you know, a guy that carves skulls for a living, you know, um, all that fascinates me and it's all part of the horror genre, believe it or not. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, See, it's funny because, uh, I, I, we do a lot of the same stuff, um, Nice. I, I, I started doing the interviews. Uh I became a, a, a host. Uh I'm I'm I, I've done a couple of episodes as the horror host, but I'm mostly the sci fi and the cartoon guy. Nice. Uh,
1: <laughs> anime cartoon or just uh um,
0: cartoon. Everything. Okay. Um Thanks. literally right now I do a Saturday morning cartoon block like like you would have in the eighties. So it starts at eight in the morning and it ends at noon. Except for sometimes I go a little bit over. I put the commercials in. I put the 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 PSAs. I put all that stuff in. I come in. I talk about the cartoons. Uh, Sometimes I I, I'm a big comic book nerd, as you can probably tell with all the comic books sitting everywhere. (laughs) Um, I do. I talk about comic books, and um, then I had people um, because I was always posting on my uh, Twitter and uh, uh, Instagram when I'd get new vinyl in. And I was like, oh, did you get, I'm like, yeah. so I started talking about vinyl at the end of my episodes now.
1: Uh-oh, to be continued. <laughs> and,
0: uh, oh yeah, so now I'm like, people are always asking me like, oh, did you get that? I'm like, huh? I, I, I buy um, lots of soundtracks, scores, and uh, heavy metal, and um, nice. nth wave. So that's what I'm really into right now.
1: Nice. You said comics, I just bought my first Bizarre comic. I, and I bought a Christmas edi- edition, ironically enough. <laughs>
0: uh, which which one was it? Bizarre Comics?
1: Bizarre Comics. Uh, if you give me one second, I could go grab it for you and, and oh, show Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's really cool. And I, I really think it was fate that I found this comic because it just so happens that the film that I'm working on, uh, Merciless Christmas, is a, a Christmas horror. So give me one second. I'll grab yep. that for you. Yep. Yeah, I am back. All right. I know you just you spark you sparked the cord in me. I said, "Oh shit, let me just show him my stuff." Oh, do you have cursing on your show? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I allow yeah. it. Yeah. All right, so it's red. <laughs> All right, so um, are we? Oh yeah, we still recording. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Oh, uh, this is one. Um, but this is not the one. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me show you the one, the one that I mentioned. Oh yes, I have that one at the shop. Nine? How many? Yeah. You know, I got this comic by eight bucks. Um. I would have sold it to you for a dollar. You would have sold it to me for a dollar, (laughs) really? I got got like
0: five of the same issue.
1: Are you kidding me? See if I would gonna. You have more comics?
0: Um, I I think I have some more Bizarre Adventures, but not, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. So we got to talk, definitely, because I'm starting to collect these. So this was a sign that I had to finish my movie. I was like, yes. And then I launched my campaign.
0: There we (laughs) go. uh i have my uh i have my how to draw comics the the marvel way flipping around here somewhere
1: yeah i just that was the first one that i showed you my stanley is the how to draw <laughs> that's so cool that's so yeah. cool i even have
0: the i even have the dvd and the vhs tape that went with this
1: wow <laughs> it's
0: cool. I'm, a, I'm a huge nerd
1: that's so, awesome though see i mean that's pretty cool i just started getting into like Little comic collecting and and you know slowly but surely you know, and then there's um uh what call it i I thought this was pretty cool, so have you so the library had like five for a dollar kind of thing, yeah, hey, there's no shame in my game because nope. I found really cool this really, really cool animated art of war version oh, nice, this shit is so cool, look at that yeah you see that and that it's is... like really like a comic book it's so fucking yeah. cool and it's the art of war and there's like the japanese yep. if you see it right here got the, the kanji side. down the
0: side and the so whole nine yards cool.
1: yeah such a cool yeah
0: i i think i know this is bad um i think i have a different printing of that somewhere around here
1: yeah i mean there's the actual book which i yeah. have yeah, and I got. I, the, I definitely have the Art
0: of War, but I think I have the animated one too.
1: Really, I never seen it in comic book form. I was like, dude, this is so hot! I, I, like, I have to cop this, and I did. I was like, shit, seconds. 27, 27. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> you can't go wrong. <laughs> hell, hell worse comes to worse, if you didn't want it, you could throw it up for sale for a few bucks, and you'd get. You know, well, you would get it.
1: Yeah, well, you just like take off like the little sticker on the side that says library.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah. I, w- I always hate those. I got—is uh, this it? Maybe every once in a while, I get people who buy stuff at library sales, bring stuff into me to sell, and then I end up with stuff. And yeah, that's it because it still st- gets sticky because it's it was a library book at one time, so it's still like slightly yeah, sticky. Right? I, I hate sticky.
1: I hate when the library does that.
0: They just yeah, or it. they put their stamp at the top, and they like so violate the books. They're
1: like, "Fuck you! <laughs> well, you're not gonna resell this." <laughs>
0: Well when, when I worked at I worked at a printing company for uh about five years, I would always take and uh books that I got from the library. If they had to stamp at the top, uh-huh. we had a machine, I'd just stick it in there and just slice this this little tiniest bit off so there wouldn't be no ink at the top.
1: That's that's actually pretty genius.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it, it and and like this, I couldn't do that with because it's hardback. So right. we had a little bit of a sander. I would just bzz,
1: bzz, bzz, take this <laughs> right off. You're like giving me. You're giving me. Um, what I call it? Tips here. Yep, yeah. nice.
0: Or And if you need stickers, uh, just take your uh, hair dryer and uh, wave it over it. Let it get in the yes, and it'll, it right off.
1: I've done it. <laughs> Nifty little tricks.
0: Yep. Well, my my wife worked at a bookstore for years. I've been in, working in comic books since I was fifteen, so I got really good at fixing books.
1: <laughs> That's cool. So you do book binding and all that?
0: Uh, I used to when I worked at the printing company. Um, I, I I haven't done it in years um, since I don't I don't need to. I I have my own store now, so I I, I just uh, uh, left all the printing working in a printing company behind. That's all in my past now. So. <laughs> It's yes, nice when you're able to walk away from a, a, a job Well, I didn't walk away from it The plant closed but...
1: <laughs> Well, it was uh, your time It was your time to go <laughs>
0: Yep Well, I tried to quit like a year and a half before And they they begged me to stay And I was like, well, I don't need this job I, I My my store's doing well enough And they're like, w- what would it take? And I'm like, oh, I only want to work like three days a week um... So I worked three days a week For like a year and a half <laughs> until the plant closed so oh man um so your horror host um what what what's your favorite episode of that you've done as a horror host
1: oh, um, I would have to say it's kind of they were all pretty really good um David Howard Thornton was really fun um we that's actually was our like initial meet, and then like shortly after that we we wind up meeting in person and had like ice cream and and became friends from that point on. <laughs> but um, I would have to say David's was really good because he's such a great um personality. Like I mean, you don't even need him on camera; just his voice alone. He's so animated. And um, and I used to do this thing where I would devour my guest at the end of every show. <laughs> at the end of every show, I'm like, you know, I, you hear my my voice morphing into like a werewolf and. And then, so everybody has to like, oh, you know, and it's kind of funny because some of these people, they're directed, they're like, oh, oh, don't do it. You know, it's kind of funny. Like that was actually a fun little uh, part of my podcast. But um, yeah, I would have to say it would probably be David. And I think the most interesting one was Date, uh, was Russ McKamey from McKamey Manor, because he broke down like his, t- like, his inside secrets on how he does things. He even admitted that somebody died and there was like really, yeah, that was real crazy stuff on that podcast. And so, um, and his uh, ex-girlfriend Holly, she, um, she also, so I did a double podcast on them. I think her podcast actually has more hits than his. And it was just basically like he put her through all this torture. So she was talking about all these things that he was doing to her and, Locking her in room. It was just really weird. But if you listen to it, it's a really interesting podcast. It's it's definitely not something that... Because he's so engaging. Like, you're like, are you fucking crazy? Like, this guy is really doing this to people? It's like, yeah, I'll pull out a tooth and I'll tattoo this guy. Like, I don't know how to do tattoos. I just, you know. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that really. is a nope. <laughs> yeah, and throughout the whole podcast, he's like, Cindy, come on, baby. I, I want you to C- come down to the horn. I was like, no, nah, no, thank you. <laughs> I'll pass.
0: I, I like my teeth, and um,
1: Yeah, I, and there's only, I, like, two things that you could take from his, like, list of a hundred things that he'll do to you, so, like, I'm like, yeah, I'll pass. <laughs> I'll pass. Like, I like filming anything the torture, not being a part of it, you know? So, yeah. Uh,
0: there's a difference between making a movie and, and doing it for pretend, and then actually setting out to, like, actually harm people. So.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, and it's kind of, it's kind of weird, his journey, like, interesting on how he went from like working on a military ship, like doing like haunts for the for the you know, for the military guys on the ship to upgrading to this like torture horn <laughs> And um having like people sign these outrageous waivers and then filming. I mean like people I mean I've seen some like really nasty stuff that he put these people through and I, I don't even know how somebody can even you know Stand even a portion of that stuff. It's like my goodness, like by violation to the thousandth degree. <laughs> it's I, that, bad.
0: and the and they paid to do it too. That's the worst part.
1: No, actually, oh, oh. um, well, yeah, they do actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Mm-hmm. Huh. And I think that um <clears throat> that uh now he it's like donations for like his doggies, which is pretty good. So you see the the soft side of him. <laughs> He likes dogs, you know. He won't put his dog through those torturous things, no. you know. So, so he's but, a good guy for that. <laughs> uh, I, I understand that.
0: It's like I don't like my neighbor. Love the dog. I play his dog every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. I mean, you know, what does the dog have to do with anything? That's right. right. <laughs> They're better than people, actually. Okay. I and think as,
0: as my as my uh. My little corgi is sitting behind me snoring. I can hear her all the way over
1: here. Aw, that's cute. Yeah, my little doggie is out and about in the backyard.
0: Yeah, the the, the one dog's upstairs because she will not let me record now for some reason. Like, oh, yeah. like, like, I don't know, like 10 interviews ago, she just suddenly decided that she has to bother me through the entire episode if she stays here with us. <laughs> and I'm like, nope nope, you're going outside or you're going upstairs. I was like, I'm, I can't do this no more. Just so, yelper. <laughs> mind mellow out. They just hang out. So
1: <laughs> Cool.
0: <laughs> um, so, we got to get into this. Um, movies, how did you get into filmmaking?
1: Um, I got into filmmaking actually I knew in school, when I was in high school, pretty fir- fairly early on that Um, It's something that I wanted to be involved with. I was, like, really big into, like, special effects makeup when I was younger. And um, as I got older, I just decided to go to film school. And that's kind of how I got into it and really, like, learned the ropes. And then I um, got an associate's in that. And then I went for my bachelor's in film. So, um, yeah, I came out of there thinking that I was a movie maker. (laughs) Let me tell you something, guys. Film school is not the route. I'll be the first one to tell you. It's not. It's like a waste of time and money. Unless, I would say there's a very, very select few that actually are worth investing in. You know, that they can get you into Hollywood, like real professions. And they do teach you how it's done the right way instead of, like, kind of setting you up for failure. Like, all right, you could do it by yourself, you know. And then you're like, how do I raise my, how do I, uh, what what really does a producer do? Like you just, you know. And oh, that's yeah. that's like four and a half years of film school. <laughs> I'm still like, huh? You know, cool. but yeah.
0: I, I learned more. Um Ends I did a, a convention uh last year uh and I end up talking to uh Gary Tunnicliffe. He's uh he's a director on uh, uh Hellraiser Judgment. He was the special effects guy for Hellraiser. I think three through 10, he worked on Halloween I was, and he's semi-retired. So he just told me like all these secrets like that, uh-huh. you, you know, that, that he goes, Oh yeah, they, they, goes, they'll blow smoke up your ass because you know, they, they'll, they'll like, you know, Oh, well, we like the script. Uh, but you know, they just either a don't want to deal with you and they'll just kick you down the road to somebody else. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I got, I got really excited. I was like, yeah, it's like, I, uh, pitched an idea and i got so far and they're like well what's your budget and i went i, I don't know and he goes yeah i guess that's just them feeding you a line of shit he goes because they have people that do that for you if you are right. that far i'm like oh okay cool then i mean he's he's like telling me all these secrets behind the scenes he goes you don't know how many movies get started and never finished uh you don't know how many movies that and i'm like oh okay cool <laughs> <laughs> um but you you uh went to school got your you know four years of of
1: film school and Stand out started an independent production company with mostly students <laughs> from the school <laughs> but i would have to say we were very like go getters i mean like we each had like talent you know so we had some you know some people that were like really good in after effects Um, we had really good editors. We had really, I was the only special effects makeup artist. So I was the go-to girl whenever they needed, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, um, so we all, um, so basically I formed the writer scene, which was a, a production company that, um, was comprised of 10 of us and we would all collaborate and help each other out on, on each other's projects. And what happened was that we decided we used to have these meetings it was, like, every Sunday at first, and then it was, like, one Sunday a month. But it was basically, like, like meetings on how to take the production company, company to another level. So we um started doing something called variety shows, which were, like, kind of, like, paying homage to, like, the early settlers of cinema, you know, like the D.W. Griffith and uh, Thomas Edison, like, you know, when they first invented cameras. Yeah. And um, if you know anything about the history of uh, cinema, is that these large cameras weren't equipped to really film more than like maybe like a few minutes of footage if at that if that so they would have variety shows where they would integrate these like short scenes and skits and integrate them with live acts like jugglers and fire eaters and all kind of stuff so i did like kind of like a rendition of that and Mm -hmm. so we did four shows it it ran for a seat like every season and um I would rent out theaters. And I mean, we would fill up house. I mean, fill up house. And $20 a seat. We had acts, live acts. We had everything from hula dancers to spoken words, to break dancers, to everything. And then we would like kind of end every, um, everyone with like an after party where everybody would like, you know, mingle and drink. And it was so freaking cool. And we did that for, for about a year and a half. And then I, we lost, like, two people in a year. Like, two people from my production company passed away. Um, not together, either. It was, like, simultaneously, but it was so odd. And, yeah, and then slowly but surely that group started falling apart because of that, because I was known as the production company that was jinxed. <laughs> they were like, Sydney, you're cursed. I'm like, Shut. Like, I would get into fights fight with some of my crew members. Everybody thought that they were, like, the next to die. Because in total, since I started that, three people... From my production company passed away Jeez. so yeah it was really weird yeah one female and two males
0: Damn. yeah just, just just the 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 well though you had you said you had 10 people and <laughs> you know chances are you know you're going to lose somebody but three in a relatively short amount of time is a lot really?
1: yeah it was kind of weird i had a lot of haters they probably did the little the mojo jojo on them the little <laughs> you know god bless them rest in peace i'm actually dedicating um my two documentaries that i just one is in post right now and one is circulating right now through um the the festival circuit i'm dedicating it to two of them because one passed away from cancer and the other one died of a seizure he had a seizure and he drowned in a bathtub so he, he was like always battling with epilepsy and stuff like that. So you know, disabilities, sicknesses, ailments like that—they really play a close part to me because a lot of I've lost a lot of dear people, you know, from things yeah. like. that. Oh, stuff,
0: I so. I completely understand. Um, I have a I have a kid. Um, he's a friend I consider him family at this point. Uh, he has epilepsy real bad, and he was just sitting at my shop one day, and all of a sudden he just just sticks straight and i was laughing because he was playing on his phone all of a sudden his phone just drops out of his hands mm-hmm. and since i saw his phone drop out of his hands i thought he's fumbled it because he's texting his girlfriend mm-hmm. and he goes stick straight and he falls and as i go i grab him because if i wouldn't have grabbed him he would have smacked his head off the counter and i'm sitting there and i grab him and i pull him i'm holding his head off the ground uh my other buddies on the other side of the counter i'm like bill get over here i throw him his phone so he can call 911 because I can't let go of him. Right. And I'm always on the lookout because I got a couple kids that come in my shop that have epilepsy and have seizures. And um, mm. I, I have – my son has autism, so I always worry about that. And and mm. uh, it's – it's I know. I, I completely understand where you're coming yeah. from.
1: I, my sister's epileptic. I was raised I, – I mean, I was raised by a family – with disabilities like everybody I was the only I guess you could say able-bodied person in my family my mom my sister and my father they were all um they all had different you know things with them and um but I never seen a disability as a challenge like with my I mean I I seen it as a weakness when it came to my sister because people would take advantage of her because my sister is not just epileptic but you know she has like um she's slow, like, you know, her brain isn't developed properly, so, um, you know, and I've seen how people treated her, and I was always the one to defend her, fight for her, get into trouble for her <laughs> because of her, you know, and um, take the ass-whippings for her, too. When it came down to who was wrong in the house, I was always Cindy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, and my dad, my dad, you know, fell from a six-story building, so he had, like, he was, you know, crippled. Like he used to limp a lot, and um, he had some like really horrible scars on his body. And and this man every day, every morning, was a trooper to work. I and there was no excuses for him. You know, there was like nothing. Like he was just so determined. You know, and he would. O- and they would always make fun of each other, like their disabilities. You know, and it was always like fun, always fun and love in the house. So looking at disabilities, once I became an adult and now I'm outside of that. And then you're running into different people with other disabilities and, and just seeing life through their eyes sometimes. You know, it's just, you see how effed up, you know, their side of the coin is sometimes, like how people look at them, how they're treated. And in this case, in my film, how they're represented in cinema and horror, mm-hmm. you know? um. So there's... um. So it's just something that I'm very passionate about. I'm an advocate for people with disabilities, and you know, and that's something that you know I, I, you know, I stand behind. And um, yeah, I know we haven't gotten to my films. Yeah, I keep jumping and spoiling it. Sorry, spoiler <laughs> you're, you're, no,
0: right. Well, one of the things is bad about horror movies is is that you go by the 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 handicapped person was always the cannon fodder. I mean, they always you never had the the person with the disability up until relatively recently. With movies like uh, um, um, Hush, the one with the deaf girl. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get, you know, uh, technically, I guess, uh, Quiet Place. You have the other. De- you didn't have that because those people were picked off early on. I mean, you go back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Franklin gets taken out, you know, just trying to, while well, his sister's trying to push him through the woods. So, you know, right. they, they they didn't. Now it's like, oh no, we're we're finally realizing that these people can take care of themselves because they have been for years. Right? Yep.
1: I think they could teach us a thing or two. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) you know. I I had uh, um... things for granted, but when you look through people's eyes, sometimes with you know that had different abilities, you know, it's like wow, you know, it's like the things that either you take for granted or you overlooked, you know, and. It was, yeah. That was like a, a real, you know. It, even as a filmmaker, it made me think of things differently. Moving, moving from this point on. So now I try to make it a point, even in my productions, to include at least one person with a disability. Like I want to be so inclusive that you know I don't want to just talk about it. I want to be about it, kind of thing. So yep. yeah, I think it's important. It all starts with us, right? Oh yeah, so, definitely,
0: definitely, definitely. Somebody's got to be the first one to do it, or and, and actually, you know. So you get you if you're the first person to do it, then you're the first person to do it. But if not, you gotta be the one who keeps the keeps it going.
1: Right. You can't
0: be the person that stops it. So um I, I gotta say the fact that you I'm sitting here looking at your, your list here and you're doing witchcraft 14, 15, and 16. Oh god, that was so um, fun. I, I'm not gonna lie, I have well, I, I have probably witchcraft one through six. I did you not know that. there were sixteen.
1: No, <laughs> I think uh, I think sixteen was shot in my house in California. <laughs> they converted a yoga, yoga my living room into a yoga studio, and there was a, a really that was like I would say that film had the funniest blooper in in film history that I've been a part of, and it was somebody queefed on set, um, like wow, wow, we were like shooting. <laughs> While we were shooting. And it was the longest creep in the world. Like, I didn't even know that woman had that much air in her body. But it was like, it was the funniest shit. And it was so funny because the audio guy. (laughs) The audio guy turned to me. He goes, He's like, what is that? And I'm like, why is he asking me when the sound is coming from over there? And I was like. And I was like this, and because I, I didn't know what it was at first, you know, and um, and I'll tell you exactly if you watch the movie. Um, there's a scene with a blonde girl, and she goes, and now we're gonna do the downward dog. <laughs> <laughs> so she lifts up her leg, and it was like the longest squeeze. Like, I mean, like an like an airplane was coming in at like high speed, like. <laughs> I mean for a landing, I was like, "Oh shit!" Hit the deck. <laughs> but yeah, it was so bad. And then no one knew where it was coming from until she falls on the floor and she's like laughing like uncontrollably. And She goes, "I'm sorry, guys." And I was like, "Oh my god, what did you eat?" I was like, "Are you, are you okay?" She goes, "That wasn't a fart." And that even made—I mean, we were the <laughs> worst. <laughs> we were—it was the funniest shit. Sorry. Um, okay i don't i don't feel bad was now because i would totally blow up
0: <laughs> I, was, I was recording my other show and i'm sitting mm-hmm. over no, here because i shoot this way when i do the other show and i'm sitting there and i, I farted like bad <laughs> and, and i'm like and i just paused yeah. and i'm like okay and i went back to doing it because it's all recorded i have to go back and edit it out later and i'm like that couldn't have been that loud and then I'm setting her and you can see at the bottom of the screen, you know, because it has the 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 the, the oh, noise. Oh, no. this peak. God. <laughs> and I'm like oh my God. And I'm listening to it and it's like I'm like, oh yeah, this week we have huh? I'm like <laughs> oh
1: that was horrible. And those flies. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Why are we talking about, like, flatulence? I don't even know. <laughs> okay. I can honestly say I've never in my life on a podcast ever h- had this conversation. <laughs> There's
0: <laughs> a first for every.
1: Hey, you know. Hey, we keep you on your toes, guys. Now you know why you have to watch this show. <laughs>
0: That's right. You gotta watch my shows. You know? right. Okay, so Okay. 100%. which one was that one? That was, what, 15? <laughs>
1: which <laughs> 15 witchcraft 15 or 16 oh my god i shot all, we shot all three in two weeks straight Damn. Like we, yeah we shot three featuring films david sterling used to say i think we have a world record <laughs> like we can enter the world guinness book of records meanwhile i'm doing all the work i'm like sweating bullets running running around <laughs> trying to like you know fan away the queefs <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. No, actually, it was it was fun. I mean, it was a lot of work, but I enjoyed it. I did. It God. was my first, uh, my first production in California when I moved to Hollywood. So, yeah.
0: Um, the fact that you're able to knock out three movies in that amount of time is insane. I and, should... <laughs> I, I know that. Uh, um, was it Jim Wernarski? Um, he had um. I think he shot an entire movie in a weekend.
1: Wow. And I, Who's the man was shot in a weekend with David what, Leary? Who's the man with David uh, Leary? Dennis Leary.
0: Yeah. But, yes. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, he was at the time, I think he had the, the the fastest for a feature length film he was able to produce it
1: and, it and direct. It. Was it good, though? Was it good, is the question? No, it wasn't. And he most likely improved it. Yeah. Because it was Mm. <laughs> but but here's the thing. What it, a world games book, book records. <laughs> well, what what does it matter
0: if it's good? If it's bad? If, if it's, it's enjoyable? Because you can have. I I love bad movies because they're enjoyable.
1: You know what? There are some really good bad ones out there. I have to. I I'm I'm there with you. Like you know, zombie verse like Piranha Double D, right? Three Double D. I mean that was all cheese cheesy stuff, but good cheesy stuff. Yep. Have you seen um like uh Don't Open Till Christmas? It's like an '80s movie, but my goodness, that is such a fucking funny ass film. It's by the same director that made um Pieces. Have you ever seen that '80s yep. film? Yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I think I own Pieces. I don't. I don't open. I don't own. Box uh, man,
1: and that's cheesy horror. I love that shit. But you know, some, but I have my limit with cheese. I mean, sometimes it's like beyond cheese and then I'm like, "Okay, I can't. I can't." You know? <laughs> it's like I'm trying, but I can't, people, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh I do try to support as many filmmakers as possible. Um you know, so sometimes I will suffer through people's bad movies just because I know how hard it, you know, I mean, how much work oh, yeah. it that one, you know? Yep. Regardless if it's good or bad, you know, it's still it's still work, you know? Yep. <laughs> Put that shit on camera and get to work.
0: Oh yeah, everybody, everybody, you know. Look at I know people now that that especially because I deal with a lot of uh, guys in their twenties and stuff like that um, that are just now like discovering like the Blair Witch Project. Oh my god! And goodness. they're like that movie's horrible. It's dumb. I'm like, you don't understand. You weren't alive <laughs> and when you had to watch and you had to go through this phase. I guess um I enjoyed it, you know, but they don't get it. And I'm like
1: they they, they made that movie on like 5 grand. I mean, come on. I have to comment. You know that right after that the lead she never made another movie again. Um because she just basically made so much money off that movie that she 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 um started a grow farm. Yep. Yep. Kudos to her, man. <laughs> Kudos all the way. So, yeah. They're I love all like, the way to the bank. I love fun facts, like fun movie facts. I love shit like you know that we don't know or the scene. You know, yep. I love that stuff. Oh
0: my god, my wife hates it. My wife, I'm, I'm the one. Fact. I'm the one is fascinated by all the behind the scenes stuff. So I'm always uh, like looking up information about movies and everything else. She's like, just enjoy the movie for what it is. I'm like, but that makes it more enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man. Knowing full well that that movie that scene is not supposed to be in that movie makes it that much.
1: Better. <laughs> uh, I definitely I tend to gravitate towards like directors' bodies of work. So if you know, I'm like, oh, this person directed it; it must be good. You know, for the most part, it's usually I'm usually accurate with that. Yep, nine out of ten times, nine oh. out of ten. The, yeah. Very
0: rarely, if if I get into a really get into a director it's 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 got to be for the reason that that i enjoy and i'll even give their bad movies you know their bad movies a chance because you know it's you know then my then my my uh my one of my older sons he then he'll be like i watch this movie and uh you gotta check it out and uh it's it's got all this going on i'm like okay and i'm like god damn it now i like it so (laughs) (laughs) uh,
1: yeah, my son's been he's like that, but not with horror movies. I'm like, you know, I'm on the Sonic Mario Brothers phase, you know. Yep. Hey. Next week Mario comes out, I'm I'm there. No, I'm, know? I'm,
0: I gotta be there too. My uh my yeah. youngest son, he's waiting. He's still waiting patiently for Sonic three. And
1: uh yeah, that's so cute. He, he sounds like my son. They get so hyped. It's like my son, the minute they you know, they did the little sneak clip, yep. I mean my son watches like the special episodes that come on, like the exclusive like news from Nintendo. And I mean, from the moment he found out about this, it's like he marked it on his mental calendar. And it's like, Ma, don't forget, two more weeks, Mario. Ma, next week Wednesday. And I'm like, Oh my God, help me, yeah. help me.
0: <laughs> that's that's what we were already planning. I go, I go. I know I got to take Vince to go see uh, Super Mario Brothers, and uh, and the worst part about it, is is. I don't know how he's gonna do because he's the one with autism. So sometimes he's great in the movies. He'll chill out through the entire thing. Other times, nope.
1: <laughs> but well, I but, guess he's just gonna have to play by ear. <laughs>
0: yeah. But we, we took him to go see uh, into the spider-verse. He lasted all the way till about 10 minutes till the end.
1: Oh, and, okay. And then
0: my wife took him out, walked him around, brought him back, and he finished watching the movie. He just needed to get up and walk around. So, right,
1: right, that he, right.
0: That I can just do that. <laughs> and oh, then well,
1: look, I think he's going to be really entertained with this one. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's like yeah. I didn't know how
0: good he was going to do with Sonic, and then me and him were sitting here watching Sonic down here too, and he did not move the entire movie. That's and then awesome. when they have the post-credit scenes where you get to see Shadow. And yeah. he's like, "Now can we watch three? And I'm like, "Buddy, they haven't even made three yet." I was uh-huh. like, "We're gonna have to wait." Now I don't even know if we're gonna get a three, and now I'm disappointed.
1: No, now they have to make a three. They have to because you're someone to see a three, so they have to make a three. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they introduce son or shadows. So they need to have a shadow movie.
1: I have to petition that, but they got. To- they have to. No, I really do think they're gonna come out with a yeah a treat- <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. Um so I, I gotta ask, I always ask this about everybody. What's your go-to movie? What's your movie that Oh
1: Killer Clowns from Out of Space? Which one? Killer, Killer Clowns from Out of Space. Um it's either that or um I, I'm a big I like Evil Dead too. So it's it's the those are usually like my go to. I love you know a go-to horror would have to be a horror comedy for me you know what i mean um and those are like dark comedies um dead alive i fucking love um so i'm like that's more like i know i i tend to switch like favorites but it's always in the horror genre so i might start with like yeah like i you know at first i liked all the expo- exploitation stuff you know like the gore like the torture shit i was well into that stuff the more brutal the better You know, because with me, it was, it was me observing the effects, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, but then, you know, after a while I started, I don't know. And maybe it's because you become more aware of things around you or whatever the horrors of reality or whatever, um, whatever mental shift that I had, I started not liking that so much because then I started like being like, Oh, well, you know, the whole exploitation of women. And then I started getting on that. And then I was just like, you know what? So then, ever since that, it's been more like horror, horror sci-fi, fantasy horror, um, and and like uh, horror, horror comedy. I love like dark comedy. I love like um, creature features, and they usually always have like, you know, some kind of like comedic element. So I like I like that whole integration. Um, but I but there was times that I was kind of like on a drama horror fix. Like you could see that with like Hereditary, even though that's kind of like cult horror too. But I would throw that into like a drama. I mean, she was there was a lot of emotions, like a lot of family. There's a whole. If you took the horror out of it, you have a drama. You know What's what I a, mean?
0: Yeah, we 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 had this discussion. Um, I I, I know it's is bad. Is I get so much crap. Is I'm not a fan of hereditary,
1: but I wasn't for so long until I read the script. But and, but go ahead. <laughs> and, but
0: it is. A, it's an intense family drama that they it felt like they threw a horror movie in at the end. <laughs> and I got so much crap and I tried to and my friends like no no you need to rewatch it maybe you just weren't in the right mindset. I'm like okay so I tried to rewatch it again I'm like no nope, still don't
1: like it. <laughs> I was like <laughs> I gave it another shot. But uh yeah I couldn't get into it. It took me three times before I actually was like, you know, this is one of my favorite films. Now I actually have to give Ari Aster uh props for that because I and you know what and that's what you know, when I started researching the directors, when I started having more respect for the film, so I, you know, I read the script, you know, I did, like, script breakdowns on it and stuff like that, and I'm like, okay, now I understand it. I didn't understand. I was lacking understanding of the film, which is why I didn't like it. That was just me personally. Um, but that's part of his, like, his genius on making this film. And then I noticed, this is a pattern with Ari Esther. He has, like, he has a pattern with cult films. Like, you have Midsummer you have the witch, you have, and these are all, um, you know, cult, like, have to do with the occult, and with some kind of, like, you know, it's always, like, some kind of, like, you know, um, how do you say, uh, um, cult, but, like, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like, um, it, well, it all revolves around, like, that, you know, horror, I mean, that dark spirituality kind of thing, and, Mm -hmm. and, fuck, in, in, in Midsummer, it's not coming to me right now, I'm sorry. But like in midsummer, like you know, they they're worshiping like the winter solstice, and then in hereditary, you have Damon, this god, right? And I never got that. <laughs> it just was like, whoosh, over my head because they're so light with it. In the beginning, it was like the way he he the way he did it is like I didn't really see it, you know what I mean? It was just like, you know what I mean. So when it did happen at the end, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? You know there was some things that I really liked about it that made my hair stand, you know? And for for me, that's a rarity. I don't jump, I don't flinch, nothing. But it, I did get a little bit of, like, you know, a little, like that one part where she jumps on the, you know, when she jumps on the top of, like, what is it, like the roof thing? Mm-hmm. And she's just like, dun, dun. I thought that was fucking creepy. <laughs> I thought that was probably the creepiest part. I was like, that was well done, you know? But, you know, so I, I... I ended up learning how to respect the film after three tries and only because I was forced to watch it, you know, through Sundance. I was part of like some Sundance group there and, and they were all like, and I'm just like, I don't want to watch it. Oh, come on, Cindy, give it another shot. You know, maybe you'll, you know, and then after the whole breaking it down and, and you know, reading the script, then, yeah. Then when I watched it, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I, I think when you read the script and I noticed that because I did that with a few films, that i actually was either able to understand the film better or kind of respect it a little bit more but it might still suck to me like get out i was just like i read the script and nothing's changing my mind <laughs> you know what I mean? i'm just like i don't like this film but um but i dug the script more than the film if that makes sense because i and i think that that's where directing comes in because i didn't really see um <laughs> Um, I didn't really see that transition in from script to screen, yeah. so I felt like the backstory of the girl was like very faded out. Like she was like hardly slim to none there. You know what I mean? And it's just I don't know. So I felt like it lacked a little bit of character development. I mean, it was really more the guy's story, you mm-hmm. know. Even though that it's really the girl's like back. Like she's yeah. the one that's really in, and you know. So I feel like. There were certain things that maybe could have been a little bit, bit different for me, you know, but I didn't really like, like it so much. That's just yeah. my personal opinion.
0: Well, I, I do think that that once, you know, I know this is bad. Years, years ago, uh, I used to do comic book shows and there was this guy that would always sit up next to us or across from us or whatever, but he always had scripts. And some of the scripts never got made. They were early drafts. You know, they still had the, you know, like uh, fifth draft, you know, at the bottom and stuff. <clears throat> and I got to read scripts for movies that that never came out or the one we got is nowhere near the what was originally published and uh, it's funny because you were talking about getting into a script more than you got into the movie and that happened a few times with me on that uh, but one of my favorite ones was I read the script to mm-hmm. Spaceballs 3 The Search oh. for Spaceballs 2 and <laughs> And it's the only script I ever read where I laughed out loud while I'm trying to read this script because it was so funny. But it was one of the ones that I don't think it was ever going to be able to get made because right, it's right. so you know meta and it pokes fun at the the making of money and then yeah. you know trilogies and stuff like that. And it was funny, but it never got made. But the the script was great. Uh, same with uh, Escape from Cleveland, the 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 the, the second escape from movie because it's supposed to be escape from new york escape from cleveland escape from la they refer to escape from cleveland in escape 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 from la yeah but it's never made
1: (laughs) escape from from florida he was gonna go through the whole 50 (laughs)
0: states we're just gonna hit every state
1: i don't know i've been
0: to cleveland you have to escape from
1: all of them escape from alcatraz oh no no that's not part of the franchise (laughs)
0: Wrong movie. Yep, wrong movie. But yeah, um, my whole thing is is that my wife, she does not like The Witch. And I got into the Witch. I am a big fan of it either myself. The the one scene that gets me every time (laughs) Yeah is the fact that you never see the devil. The devil may not even be there. And when she's sitting at the table and that guy walks through behind her all dressed all nice and he goes, Wouldn't you like to live deliciously? And that hits me hard every time because I'm like, that's something the devil would say.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they they what do they say that he's the he's the greatest um uh whatchamacallit? Not illusionist, but like he's the greatest um trickster. Yeah so, and Lucifer actually means light. Yep, you he's know. He's the yeah, he's the
0: uh, morning star. He is the light yeah. bringer.
1: He's the angel of light, right? So it's like and how ironic is that right so but so and i mean that's part of his um his charm i guess is the fact that he can be so beautiful and so deceptive like that you know he's yep. like the master of all treachery and lies so yeah
0: have you ever seen uh i believe it's the second prophecy movie with uh christopher walken mm-hmm. vigo mortensen is uh is lucifer
1: yeah, yeah, I did see that actually. I, I that's. From... I love the prophecy movies. I think they're also like kind of beautiful in a sense. I don't know why. It's just there's a certain element of beauty to it. It's like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if it's because it's the music, because the soundtrack from the prophecy and and the prophecy. Well, I'm not. I don't remember the prophecy too, but. I just remember that music was so damn moving. It was so like, like the the music in itself, like you could just close your eyes and, you know what I mean. And it's so it's that captivating that you could see a movie in itself in the music. Yep. You know.
0: Yeah, but uh, him uh, that whole scene with him as the devil and uh, Viggo Mortensen in that is great too.
1: Is That's, that the one with the little girl? Yeah, where he's girl? where he's talking to her Did and, he's like, and yeah. he's like something. Yeah.
0: She's like, "What happened?" She goes, "Like all love, it withered on the vine." And he's like, "Just this really poetic."
1: Yeah, he, I actually think he played a good Lucifer, and he,
0: you know, Vigo's a decent, look, is a good-looking guy,
1: and yeah, he, he and, and you're just like, you wouldn't think that he would be the devil, but you know, he is. Right, right. But I would always envision somebody that's not ugly or hideous being the devil. Believe it or not, I would actually think the devil to be quite handsome and succulent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know I mean? I'm not I'm gonna yeah. lie. That's why I love the TV show Lucifer.
1: It's true. Uh, it's true because how else is he going to entice people? I mean, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna be whatever. Like in, you're, you're gonna be appealing to whatever is that person yeah. desires. What, so. what you,
0: what, what the people that you want to convince, you're gonna be the most beautiful thing to them.
1: So. Right, and what's that saying? That like it says the greatest lie that the what that the, the devil ever, the greatest
0: said. trick the devil
1: ever okay. pulled. Was... Convincing the world he didn't exist. Never existed. Right. Right. And that's so true. Because <laughs> so everybody's here like, oh, you know, you have people like, oh, please, you know, the devil doesn't exist. And then you have, like, these celebrities saying, hey, I sold my soul to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have no idea. I got an alter ego and he talks like this. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, so you were saying... <laughs> I'm like, come on. Like, we're living in today's day and age. I think it's kind of stupid to even be you know, to to even be that narrow-minded, you know what I mean? Because it, it really is, like, I mean, we have it all around us, right? Good and evil all around us. And, I mean, some pretty evil stuff that happens in this world, I mean, that doesn't come from, you know, good. And then you have some pretty great things that, that can't possibly come from evil. So, I mean, life is all about yin and yang, right? Yep. Uh, Constant, constant battle of homeostasis and equilibrium. That's what life is. So, yeah. It's we're all out.
0: Down- balances. It's all-
1: yeah, it's, that's really what it is. It's not that there's more of one thing or another. It's just that it, it's just the way it's spread out. <laughs> yep. You know? Oh, but, yeah. Interesting. We're having like, I never thought that we were going to, I'm over here like, oh, I'm going to talk about my films. We're talking about comic books, farting, queefing, you know. deep <laughs> hey,
0: philosophical
1: uh, conversations about farting. There we go. <laughs> oh, Mario. <laughs> like, this is really an odd podcast. I love it. I love it. I'm digging this. This,
0: yeah. this is what I, I like about doing my podcast because um, I always have people they are like, I wanted to chime in on your show. <laughs> because you're talking and i want to go yeah i understand that or <laughs> I'm like, that's the point of my show so yeah. i i like just having conversations with people I
1: no i love it and that's what makes your show original it's not these you know like mundane questions i mean you're like you know we're having a conversation yeah you know
0: yeah and i i sneak a question in every once in a while and then yeah we'll...
1: that's all good what's your next question what...
0: <laughs> next question all right um how did you how did you get into producing? I, I mean you did the 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 did that spawn the movies out of producing the stage shows?
1: Actually, you know, I did I did do producing my own movies, um, which were like mostly shorts. And I guess you could say to some degree that was producing, even though compared to Hollywood's producing, it's not. It's not. Um, but um, I would say my first official role as a producer was working on the witchcraft films. That was my first um line producer. I had no idea what the hell that meant. Um, and I learned <laughs> on set. So, <laughs> you know, fake it till you make it. That's all so true. Um, and you know, and then I started learning things about like coverages and stuff. So it I guess I guess like my producing career started to somewhat blossom in Hollywood because I had um a friend of mine that was like a former producer of warner brothers He's so rest in peace he passed away too i probably am like the grim reaper in disguise right um <laughs> but uh i love black <laughs> random shit okay so yeah so that's my producing stuff and then i just produce my own films um i don't think i've ever been a producer for anyone's films I think it's just been producing my own stuff. And um, when I did the witchcraft films, that was the first time I actually produced someone else's film. So I would say that was the first time that I was actually a producer that I could actually say, yeah, I produced a movie. So
0: I have to ask, um, is is the witchcraft like IP, is that just available or do you have to go through somebody to get that?
1: I know it's a franchise, and from what I remember, David Sterling is like really good friends with the person that originated the. And and here's the funny thing, I only know of the first Witchcraft, like that was like a cult classic, and I was like, yeah, I like that. So when I was approached, oh, you heard of Witchcraft? Like, yes, I'm over here thinking I'm gonna direct a sequel or something, and he's like, fourteen. <laughs> the fuck you guys are on 14 already like what what kind of exploitation shit have this you know like really running into the ground so from what i remember i'm not sure if david sterling bought the rights to the franchise because he's still going with those damn films um but i know that he did have some arrangement at the beginning when that when the filmmaker like stopped making his films i don't know how many up to what point that he was just like okay hamas like i'm done with this and David Sterling was like, "Hey, let me make like twenty more," you know. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Well,
0: it can't. It, it can't
1: be That's no worse. but
0: Amityville? I just read that there's over fifty Amityville movies.
1: What well, I know, I know, but why? Why it, this damages my brain when I see this? I'm like, my goodness, it. You know, everybody you wants copyright to the name answer, Amityville.
0: Though. Yeah, I
1: guess. Well,
0: because Amityville is a town and you can't, that you can't like trademark the town. So everybody just makes a movie with Amityville in the right. title. Has right. nothing to do with the house. So you can it's just... a city in
1: Long Island. Yeah. yeah. So I actually knew somebody that lived there and she actually had these like really spooky eyes. She looked like um the village of the damned. Like she used to look at me like Cindy, you were late today. You know, <laughs> she was my, my boss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the people oh wide
1: eyed, she was like Amityville, and I was like, Oh, it makes sense, it makes sense. <laughs>
0: oh man, it was bad. My, my uh, I don't know, about five years ago, my grandmother went to Amityville, um, on a, on a trip, like a bunch of the older ladies went on this like bus tour.
1: Oh, goodness,
0: and I'm like, Did you get any cool pictures? She
1: goes, I got your hat, and I'm like, Okay. So I have an Amityville hat floating. Or hey, you know, draw a house on that, and you're good to go. It's. I'm gonna
0: make a movie called Amityville House. A not a house. It's gonna be Amityville Hat. It's just gonna be a hat special. A, the hat is possessed. Whoever wears the hat dies.
1: And there you go. You got a movie right there. Yeah, that's just you just, it. you just pitched your next, your next, uh, your next great, uh, great movie idea. <laughs>
0: That, that, that's where I'm at right now is I'm hoping I got my fingers crossed I'm at least going to shoot test footage for a movie or a series this summer nice that's my goal and and uh, then I got to see if I can then I'll put something together and then maybe raise some money and
1: finish it so I don't <laughs> right oh my god speaking of raising money <laughs> so the movie that I'm so I have a campaign going on right now. Can can we talk about this? Yeah, right yeah, now? yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, so I have a um, a campaign going on, "Merciless Christmas." Um, it's a Christmas horror movie starring Eugene um Eugene Clark from Land of the Dead. So if you remember George Romero's Land of the Dead, the the tall, big black zombie, the actual smart one, the I big guess. Big Daddy, Big Daddy, yes. Yep. So he um. So he basically, like, I've been friends with him and I've kept in contact with him throughout the years and stuff like that. And then finally, you know, um, I spoke to him about this film and he was down and he's down and I'm so happy and I'm so thankful to have him on board. And he was down even with us having the budget. Now here, you know, so it's very important that I have to make this film happen, you know, so. Um, and our budget is not $20,000, it's fifty. But and realistically, I was like, okay, there's no way in hell I'm going to raise $50,000 on Indiegogo. So we decided to just, you know, throw 10 out there and see in hopes that it will go in demand and see how far it goes. And then from that point on, we'll try to raise the other, you know, the rest of the money from private investors. And, um, um, yeah. And so I also have Apache Ramos from the Warriors. He's in it. Um, if you remember the Warriors, we're going back to the 70s. Karen, you dig it, right? I love um, that movie. Oh man, I, so many of those one-liners—they like resonated my brain. <laughs> but, but um, there's a uh, but Apache's line. He's part of the um uh, the orphans, mm-hmm. and the one that says "We're gonna rain on you, warriors." The kid with the big afro that looked like a microphone. Yeah, yeah, that guy. So he's in my movie um as well. It's gonna be good. You know, I'm not saying I'm not just saying that, but I like the story is an original story. It's kind of like a hood horror story. So it takes place like, kind of like in a Candyman setting, you know? Um, And, um, and it's a revenge, it's like a revenge slasher film. So, um, but, but it's a slow buildup on his psyche, you know? And, um, you know, it's, I think there's like a lot of things in the film that's relatable to some people if they watch it, you know? Um, like a situation with um well i don't i don't want to give too much away <laughs> but um definitely <laughs> donate to the film because we are i'm actually speaking with someone um a potential sponsor i don't want to jinx it but i reached out to somebody that hopefully we could get some some weapons sponsored on our set and i'm really looking forward to that you know and it's a small world because it just so happened that i reached like a weapon site you know um a company and it just so happened that the person that runs this company owns a production company is like what like this is so far removed from like the production world but yeah you know he's like hey maybe i could help you out i'm like so we're talking um so yeah i think there are people that are interested in investing like on the side like off um of the campaign so i welcome that anybody um definitely reach out to me um if that's something that you're interested in trying to make a good movie the more money we have obviously the better film that we can make Mm -hmm. but i am one of the queens of indie bootleg low-budget cinema and i could make i mean i that's what i started with um when i started my variety shows that was all we made 40 films with no budget and some of those films they look like they really have budgets like you would think that you know there's actually at least a few thousand dollars going because one of the guys was, like, really good with, like, special effects. I told you, like, After Effects. He made, a, like, a sci-fi movie with, like, flying cars and everything like that. I mean, it's it was really a cool, like, film challenge to ourselves and how much we accomplished. And and I really learned how to wear multiple hats um, and make make films with, like, little to no money. And, I mean, not even shitty films either. I mean, like, we had our camera. Once you have, like, your equipment, then you know what i mean so the equipment we had we we had our cameras we had a green screen we had professional you know boom mics we were we was like not stealing equipment from the school but we would borrow the equipment from the school and shoot our movies and then return it you know what i mean like oh yeah so we learned how to like scheme and 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 make our films and and we made a lot within a year we made 40 films so like we each you know one one film per person times times ten you know four uh four seasons, and we had a good show, and we have compilations like I don't know if I have one here in the room, but yeah we have uh we have a uh, our little um we've tried a lot of things I even tried a like a comedic like some kind of a comedic spin off that was kind of like in living color we called it the writer scene skit mark, you know the writer scene skit mark show skit mark and it was you know i could send you like two of them they were actually like really like outrageous comedy like we really used to push the gamut Um, and we used to sometimes like our films were just like yeah i i think by now i probably wouldn't even make it to hollywood if they saw the films that we made before we were just so like you know and then we would have our audience come and they would rate it you know and like oh you said this too much or you know, I didn't like this. And but you know, it's it's good. You get feedback from a like a real audience and stuff. It was really fun. Those were the good old days. The mo- oh, you're into heavy metal, right? Yeah. So do you are you familiar with the air guitar competitions that yeah. go on? Yeah. Okay, do you know we made a film called Air Guitar and it's based off of that? It's about a guy, a guy that's like world-renowned air guitarist. It's so fucking funny, bro. I got I I'm trying to get it. <clears throat> Sorry, I I'm just coming coming down from a cold. But um I just uh reached out to my friend who is, you know, this was his idea because he's my best friend. He's into death metal, heavy metal. He's well into that shit and and so he's the type of person that you know whenever the music's playing he be like, you know, his fingers yeah, like, go all over the place like, you know. Yeah. And and then he told us about this air guitar competition Showed me, like, in a magazine. It was, like, a magazine from, like, Sweden. Like, some death metal magazine. Like, look, they really do it. And, yo, the cash prizes. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There's, like, a thing. Like, this is a thing.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's not a- small either. It's huge.
1: No, yeah, I know. But the thing is, it's so funny. Because that's not really something that's even talked about here in, like, the U.S. And okay. so we made a film called um The Legend of Bia Del Bi- Hernandez. It's, like, out- it's just outrageous comedy. So, like... We like really like we took shots at like ourselves cuz you know I'm Latina. So um in the movie like um you know they they make jokes about our names cuz sometimes like a lot of Latinos they have multiple like last names and middle yeah. names so it's like there's like five six names in their their thing and so I played the Latina that had multiple husbands so it's like and I took their each husband's <laughs> last name so i'm like saying my la- my name for like a minute like my name is miranda Sanabria de la Cruz. <laughs> It went, uh, but it was so it was so funny like everything and i'm supposed to be this the movie's about a that's actually one of the few movies i act in but I'm like this journalist that's like a big fan of J.R. Hernandez and and I'm looking for him because he disappeared after he was like beat in this air guitar competition by Ludwig van Steinberg from, you know, from Europe. You know, it's because they, they originated. So he came, like our, um, our guy just has like a regular, what was it that he was playing with? He was playing with just some like regular like some regular like stick or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then ludwig beat him because he came with an actual guitar even though he was air guitaring with the guitar so it's like this big thing so he went into hiding and i'm like over here like trying to find where he's at so i'm interviewing all these people and it is such a fucking funny ass it's it's so funny what's that mockumentary with that that um oh man um, I forgot that there's like, a, it's like an old school, like mockumentary about like this rock band. I was trying oh, to get Spinal the- Tap. That.
0: This is Spinal Tap.
1: Spinal Tap. Yes. So it definitely has that Spinal Tap feel. I mean, it is so funny and I'm not, I'm not just saying that. I mean, I got to get it. And I totally would send it to you. I mean, but it's a little, you know, there's things that are like kind of ex- exploitative and, ex- you know, all that good stuff, but it's fun. Oh, <laughs> it's so fun. I'm, 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 I, I've, I've just- did a script a few years ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's something I really want to do. it's it's kind of morphed into one of the things I'm working on now, but it's a um John Wick meets the crow ah. I guess it's, i like it already it, it's a um the working title is uh the Oni, which is the Japanese spirit. so these people have to don this mask. And they stop speaking English, so they only speak Japanese when they're wearing the mask. So they got to go through all this stuff to get their revenge, and then when their revenge is done, then they die. It's that whole theory that when you go out seeking revenge, you dig two graves, one for you, one for your, you know. But I have this whole section where this guy fights luchadors. So I wanted to have as many people in the luchador masks speaking Spanish, not one word of English. And I don't even know if I want to subtitle it either.
1: <laughs> and then I was like, but is that offensive? I don't, I mean. Well, I think if that's the theme of your film, I mean, you have the, the Japanese wearing the Oni mask, so they only speak Japanese and you have the luchadores wearing, I think yeah. actually that's kind of funny and it's, it has a, it has a cool, like, it has a cool twist to it,
0: you yeah. know? Yeah, and it, it it doesn't hurt that I I, I know luchadors too. So
1: <laughs> hey, there you go. That's actually a pretty cool concept, though. I like that. Like you know, wear this mask, and it's like kind of like you're embodying that language, right?
0: Yeah. It, well, it's it's the, the 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 demon comes to you, presents you with the mask, but also tells you that. You know, you're invincible as long as you are out seeking revenge. But as soon as your revenge is done, you're dead. You're done.
1: You're you're burnt out. You know the whole candle at both ends. But, it was, like a was it WrestleMania that he had like a like a mask, and then he, after a while he couldn't take it off or something like that? Yeah, he, it's not that. Well, he was already Spanish, so the mask. That yeah, was- that, that's Rey Mysterio's <laughs> uncle. Rey Mysterio. Oh. It's Rey
0: Mysterio's okay. uncle. Rey Mysterio. I, yeah.
1: I thought. <laughs> Yeah, I was just gonna say I thought his name
0: was Ray. Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, he was Ray Mysterio Jr. See, so it gets really complicated. Ray Mysterio is the uncle to Ray Mysterio Jr., whose son Dominic Mysterio is now a wrestler. But now the original Ray Mysterio now has his son as a professional wrestler who wrestles under Mijo Del Mysterio. Mysterio. I not a hundred percent. Neo it's the son of the, mister- <laughs> son of the mystery, and yeah, shit, that's funny. The dumb shit, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. That's funny. Well, it was. Uh, I, I worked at. I worked at a hotel, um, and it had a Mexican restaurant in it. And so I hung out with a lot of the the people that worked there, and I became friends with all of them. So all we would do is they would come out, and they would have to stop. Like the the kitchen crew would come out and watch their soap operas, and then go mm-hmm. back in the back and finish working. Well, I found out that they they would show start showing me triple A, um, and we started watching Mexican wrestling at like <laughs> three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so cool. I be- became entrenched in that. So <laughs> the dumb stuff I learned.
1: <laughs>
0: um. But, oh, I, I do have to ask you a question here, since you okay. do do special effects makeup. All right. Yeah. Were you the, did you have, I, I don't know how old you are, so this, this. If it, we're if not going to
1: say now. And no, we're
0: gonna- I know. Questions. I had the VHS tapes of Tom Savini and all of his stuff.
1: I had those things too. So they were they were pretty bad. Well, the copies that I have were pretty bad, like the old school stuff, right? Tom Savini's, like old old school. Yep. What was it, Master of Effects or something? Yeah, it was like-, like
0: Master of Illusion or Master. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, I had that. But I had like a version that was like from Chilla Theater. And that was like Chilla Theater. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yep. It's a convention out in New Jersey. It was like my first horror convention, right? And pretty popular like, a lot of people, like, I met a lot of people there and stuff. But that's where I bought my copy. And they were, like, kind of known for selling a lot of bootlegs. Mm-hmm. At the theater. So, it's, like, you got this thing that's, like, you know, um, like, you know, like, the VCR, like, the, the rate. I mean, what it was. <laughs>
0: you had the tracking across the bottom. Yeah, it's, it's, like, like, like sixth generation. Yeah. You know,
1: the off, you know, the offset of the tint on the color. And, you know, you got, like, Tom Savini turning green and yellow. It's, like, what? Yeah, but I, you know, I still have those somewhere. I actually do. I probably yeah. still got mine. <laughs> you know, actually, I was so, um, like, so in awe. Like, Tom Savini, really, I, I would have to say, I mean, yes, I, I admire, you know, Dick Smith, you know, Rick Baker, but it was Tom Savini um, that really got me to, to, like, gravitate towards wanting to become a special effects makeup artist. I was, like, this close to going to his school. And I'm friends with him now. Like I, you know, I know him now and stuff, but it it's so funny that, you know, when I was younger, I was just like, like I was like, I have to like I like I dreamt, like I fantasize about going to the school and like the things that, you know, it was just so I would watch his Tom Savini special effects makeup school um trailer that was like four minutes long. I would watch that shit a few times a week. (laughs) Like I kid you not. I loved it. I really loved it. I loved the way the trailer was put together. And I just like Tom Savini was always so cool, you know, cold to me, like, you know, come join my school and and learn the art of, you know, and I'm like, yes, he's the master of this. I have to go. I want to learn animatronics. And, you know, I went to the School of Visual Arts and I learned a little bit of special effects makeup there. Um, I was, you know, in some theater kind of theater program in New York. And um, it was, like, a free theater program kind of thing. But I learned a lot about, like, stagecraft and, you know, like, special effects makeup. And I remember, like, some of my early films. Oh, my goodness. So bad. The special effects. I remember what I did. It was so bad. But I look at it now, and it's, like, the funniest shit. <laughs> like, I don't even know why I did this. but And I think I learned this from somebody in the industry with wet. Toilet tissue paper and just putting it on somebody's eye. And then I just put like a random eye on top of it. It looked so bad. It looked like he had a fried egg on his face. And he's like, ooh. And it was so funny because he's a zombie, but he can't be like this. He had to be like this. And it just falls like off. His face, ooh, and it's like sliding. Ooh, and he's trying to like hurry up and move off set. So,
0: you so know, I, so I, I, I was on a movie set. And the girl did special effects makeup. And She did the rolled up toilet paper, and I'm like, "Oh, this is just gonna be." And then she did a scar going down my face. It, it okay. starts like up here, and it goes all the way down through here. And uh-huh. then I get shot in the head, so she puts a bullet hole there. <laughs> and uh, okay. you would never know if 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 I, if I'll dig through because I know I have it on my Facebook. I'll send it to you sometime. Right. You would never know it's toilet paper and like. Uh, a kids art supply set So the paints and everything Or like the, the color paints that you get When you were like elementary school
1: She did Good all that And it was wow. great But um, I, know, I mean tissue paper de- Definitely does have its uses mm-hmm. Like um, I mean when I do prosthetics and stuff I do an overlay of tissue first You know because um, When you put like the color It absorbs the color better than skin does You know mm-hmm. obviously Paper, right? Mm-hmm. So it kind of looks like when you have an open wound, like it looks good. Like it looks like you're like looking into somebody's flesh. And I love that shit. It's so fun.
0: You, it's, uh, when I was in high school, um, I was, I was fascinated by horror movie special effects like mm-hmm. big time. I, I was, I had all the magazines, I had books on it. Um, I had the old videotapes and stuff like that. Um, and then I'm, I live, about 40 minutes from where Kevin yeager grew up. Night. Nice. Oh wow. That's and awesome. um so we always me and my buddies were always fascinated like Kevin yeager just lives down this road in Dayton and and um I did a I did a report in a class um called uh applied sciences. And we taught them in the class about how they built the Chucky doll. And I built a prosthetic movable hand and the whole nine oh, yards accordingly. That's nice. And um my teeth like all the I was I got I got no I got like a, an award for it of all things. Yeah shit, I'm not that good. And <laughs> okay. um and, and uh then another class I did, uh I, I made my fake blood because we had to do a speech and we had to do a how-to speech. So I made yeah, yeah. fake blood. Nice. And then I made the mistake of giving the jug to somebody and letting them have it. And <laughs> And then it came back to me because he dumped it on some dude's car out in the parking lot. Oh, <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> White car. Stained it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it never went away. There's just big... No, granite. it doesn't. I mean, well, I know that, I mean, obviously, like, when you're dealing with, like, food coloring, a lot of that stuff is, like, it stains. You know, it does stain.
0: I made the mistake of a few years ago, uh, I did a photo shoot and I was a zombie in a photo shoot and I still had my beard, but it wasn't as gray as it is now. And uh, I had a mouthful of fake blood. And, was like, ah, and I let it run down and I went, oh, why did I do that?
1: And like, uh, so your beard was like sticky and... It was sticky uh, and red for like a uh, week. It
0: sucked.
1: Oh, I have to ask, since you brought a special effects makeup, what are some of your favorite, like effects like that you on-screen effects that you can like yeah this is like some of the best effects
0: the the, uh zombie the eye where they break that piece of wood and they keep getting closer yes you're you're
1: waiting for that oh man that's lucio fulci rocks man fulci lives fulci lives that's right (laughs)
0: lucio fulci i i love
1: him one of my favorite directors i
0: watched the beyond and um um gates of hell and uh zombie at least once a year and
1: yeah, I love, love those movies when, yeah you he sound like a little giallo thing too for a bit like don't torture a duck, uh, duckling don't yep. torture a duckling um what is, uh something baby uh new york ripper yeah uh, manhattan baby new york ripper hand baby there yep. we go yeah yep. i have i have, yeah, all I have them. them all yep <laughs> Yeah, I love him. I love him. And, you know, he was supposed to... He was supposed to work on Demons with Dario Argento, mm-hmm. and he passed before that.
0: Yeah, because uh, it's uh, Lumberto Bava yeah, in uh, Mario's Son. Yep. That's another but one. You know my...
1: what I, I, Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's my favorite Demon movie. I actually, like, it's really... It's really... It's my favorite Argento movie, even though he's, like... Yeah, he's, he's or, See, I'm, yeah, I'm he's a... the music. Oh, he God. says he's a music composer. <laughs> Hold for the second. He's so horrible with his music. My goodness, I don't know why he keeps scoring films. Bendito, I I don't think nobody wants to like tell him that he can't do music. That's a sub. Oh, fine, you, you need to get it. You need to you need to get by him. That oh, is I, I, like I do not my favorite. It's my favorite movie. Well, it's like I, my favorite. I, well, it's my favorite demons movie. Like I'm a, I'm yeah, a B- sucker for Night of the Demons. I know a lot of people's. You know, Leanna Quigley. Everybody likes the little lipstick scene. But that fucking movie right there. You want to compare effects? There's no comparison. I'm sorry. There's like real gore in there. Goretta Greta was such a great. She was so so great. Like you know, such a great. The pimp. You had so many like different characters too. I love the, the movie pimp. Right. I love the fact the pimp comes back in the second one is a completely different character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the second one had those weird like babies in it right yeah like well
0: i'm i'm a sucker for the demon movies because there's only two technically because then you get in the demons you know there's more right okay yeah, i have a bunch of them
1: no but you know there's not a real demons three the real demons three garata garata is working on right now with Lombarda Bava. baba i don't know if you know that or yeah yeah well i
0: have i have the ogre demons three I have, um, <laughs> the ogre demons three. The ogre demons <laughs> three. ogre demons three. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I it's, I think it's, it's even older. Demons four. <laughs> uh, hold on. I do. Okay, these I can get to easily. the The Blu-rays are a little harder to get to. You see, mm-hmm. there's demons. Nice. Demons two. Okay. Then, yeah, so, there it is. The ogre. Demons three, the ogre. Why is it? See, I, I didn't get past the second one. The church. The church is listed as Demons three or Demons four. Okay. I have La which is the sect, um which is listed as sometimes Demons three or four. And that's oh, not including that you you have uh um there's at least, I think three more, and I have two of
1: them, but they're on Blu-ray and they're. So how are those other ones? I've never seen any of those. You've never seen? Um, I mean, I've seen Demons one and two, but the other ones, like the Church, that you're like, oh, this oh, one's. Oh, the Church four. is
0: great. I love the Church. Um, okay.
1: What about the other one? The uh,
0: Demons three, I want to say, was actually made for TV in Italy.
1: But that doesn't okay. say
0: anything because it was made for TV in Italy. Is it um, gory? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's. I wouldn't okay. say it's real gory, but it, it's 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 enjoyable.
1: Yeah, I heard they all sucked, which is what I kind of no. like, veered I, away I, from
0: them. But if you're for...
1: saying they're good, I, I'll go.
0: Yeah, uh, I am a sucker for them. I will watch. I have my goal is to get all of them. Even though I think there's, I think I'm missing um, Black Demons and. Um... One other one, and Black Demons is weird. That's a a, a haunted uh, uh, slaves are are possessing people, and yeah, it's it's weird. So, I don't own that one. It's the only one I don't have.
1: So these are all the de- so these are all from under that Demon franchise, supposedly, right?
0: Technically, supposedly, yes. It's it's, it's are there some of those
1: fan films or something?
0: No, no, no. Th- these are all. I, I don't know how to um the only two legitimate ones are Demons One and Two. Um, even though okay. Demons Three, the Ogre, it says Demons Three, it's it's only in certain markets. Um, it's kinda like um uh the La Casa films, which is uh um weird because it's, I think it's Evil Dead one and two, House one and two. Um, And a couple other movies. They just kept putting La Casa in any movie that was a haunted house. So there's this whole franchise in Italy called La Casa. But it's just a bunch of non-connected movies that came out in America.
1: That is funny. That is really
0: funny. I I am a huge fan. Because I love the house movies. And it's funny because in the United States, we get house one, two, and four no we got third no four the third yeah. one is the horror show, house three, but house it's thing. only house it's the horror show in America, all other countries it's house
1: three <laughs> uh I didn't really like that last one that was the one with the uh, um, the, gun- the the gunslinger guy is that the one with no, that's the- two that's with that's that the that's the house two the second show? story yeah that's the one with the crystal skull. And- I only the first. One. I watched all yeah. three, though. But to me, they started gradually getting worse and worse <laughs> as I started watching, like following every movie. The first one is obviously the classic, but you know, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. But I, I am a a um. I I have an obsession with finding movies like the Demon movies that are in a in a in a you know. Universe, but they're not. They're not even connected. I mean, these three movies right here have nothing to do with these two movies down here. So,
1: got you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, the third one. Oh man! So stay tuned for because there is supposed to be a Demon's Three coming out soon. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I, know how soon. Well they, we they saw-
0: could they could film it at the Metropole because it's still there they actually have film festivals there answers nice nice yep oh man
1: um so do you have any more questions for me
0: um have- <laughs> yeah no um okay here we go um so where can people check out your films?
1: Okay, um, so you could check out my films on YouTube. <laughs> Most of my short films. Um actually Merciless Horror is my first uh feature length narrative that I was able that I'm going to be able to get out because I shot a feature length before it made it to Tribeca, but it was like the powers that be, you know, it just kind of we shot in a haunted house too. So there was like a whole backstory behind that. You know but um anyway so i lost my footage for that and i had a a fully edited film that kind of crashed it was it was so weird but anyway um so merciless christmas is my first feature-length horror film Um, right now we're raising money um for it um on indiegogo so just go to merciless christmas on indiegogo or indiegogo at merciless christmas you know go to the search bar search merciless christmas it'll say a horror movie and that is me and it'll look like something for right now we have something that looks like deadpool's hand (laughs) but um great news today i just got my artwork our new artwork so like our permanent like poster art and then we have some cover art which is really kick ass i'm very thankful that we have a some really good artwork so we're going to be releasing some new merch um next week on the campaign You'll definitely want these. I mean, like the logo is to die for, and then I have a, like a funny line. It says, "He's coming for that ass." <laughs> you gotta get a sh- man. You gotta get a shirt. You have to. Well,
0: you gotta yeah. represent. <laughs> I, I I just I just did Indiegogo with two movies. Now I gotta do.
1: <laughs> That's right, but see, mine's is the best. <laughs> so no. I'm just playing. I'm. Just, I'm being modest. No, but um, but yeah, so indiegogo come find me uh merciless christmas we could definitely use your help to make this um film become a reality and um you can um find me on youtube um on the horror tour guide i have my films up there too but horror tour guide is like it's a pretty big site so um each you know we have drop down menus and stuff definitely look through there i mean i have haunted history like blogs and i think that's in my opinion, my favorite part of the site, um, because I got to go to all these, like, you know, deadly destinations, how I used to call them, and, you know, you really learn a lot of history, too, like, we went to uh, um, uh, Edgar Allan Poe's cottage, the last one that he died, you know, that he was living in when he passed, and his wife passed away, and she died there from tuberculosis, I, you know, I visited, like, um, a ghost town out in um, California in Bishop County, I mean, like, you know, I, I visited some pretty cool places and none that I've ever heard of before, you know. So, like, the Whaley House, the Whalen House, the, you know, uh, Jamel Mansion in New York. Um, so many, like, really cool places. And, um, and so, yeah, so definitely you could go on the site. Um, we have movies there. We have films on there. We have films that, are, you know, if they're in public domain... You might find them there as well, like Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Nosferatu, stuff like those nice classics. Um, And um, I think for now, those are the three films. I don't have anything out on any kind of streaming. That's soon to change. Um, But for the most, unless it's like witchcraft, but that's not my film, you know? I mean, those are just films that I worked on. So I have, you know, work behind the scenes on different people's films, on different people's you know, movies, whether it's makeup or, um, producing, um, or script supervisor, whatever, but, um, yeah, so for the most part, you can find me on YouTube, um, Tour Guide, and, um, on, um, and you'll find us on, on a current Indiegogo campaign, but soon, hopefully, you'll be seeing me on streaming platforms soon, and hopefully at the movies next year. Cool. Uh, last
0: question, um, What advice do you have for people trying to break into the filmmaking?
1: I would say, don't be greedy, and you know um if you're in a position where you're able to help others do so i really I really hate those people that covet you know gatekeepers and shit like that you know primarily, it makes it hard for people like me i mean there's like three like three percent of women in cinema um like in all reality at work as a whole. And you're talking about 1% maybe in, well, about 3.5% in, like, the horror genre. About maybe 1% that's women of color. So we're just, like, such a minority. And, I mean, like, dude, you guys are missing out. I got some good shit, you know? <laughs> I got that good shit. <laughs> but, um, you know, so all I'm looking for is for a chance, you know? And, um, and eventually you'll see, you know, you'll see you'll see some pretty original stuff because I, you know, I have a little bit of a morbid mind. Most of my films fall in the horror genre. You know, um, I would say 98% of my films do, but every once in a a blue moon, just like, you know, actors could get typecast. You know, when I was uh, really well into, like, when I first started my, act, you know, my film career, a lot of people were like, what's going on? Like, everybody thought I was like this psychopath. They were like, what is in your mind? Like, uh, if I could if I gave you a dollar for how many times I heard that something's wrong with me because I like horror or I make horror films, like how could you even think about that? You know, like, please. <laughs> like, you know, I was born and raised in Harlem. I see this shit. <laughs> see this shit all the time anyway, you know? No, but, um, yeah, just support. I would say just support one another and, um, and educate yourselves. It's so important to educate yourself. Um, You know, you're only as good as your last film. So, I mean, you make a good movie, beautiful for you. Don't think you're like the best thing since sliced bread. You know what I mean? There's always going to be somebody better than you, uh, you know, somebody more innovative or inventive, you know, stay humble um, and, and learn, just learn because this industry is ever changing. Technology is coming into play. I came in when analog was phasing out... I mean, where digital was phasing out analog. So I came in that transitional stage where I was working with both. Um, and film was like kind of like nostalgic, but it's like kind of like, you know... So it's like analog phased out film and then, you know, digital phased out analog. And now now you have, I don't 4K phasing out digital. I mean, like, it'll keep going. And, you know, the more you know that's the best way to stay on top of your craft and just and don't think that you're like your films are such the best that you only watch your films like you'll never that's part of learning watching other people's movies you know um I I you know like I said you know support each other like don't hog it all to yourself and don't be selfish because eventually you're gonna you're gonna run into a humbling experience that that may not you know, it'll be humbling for you, but but it might be humbling for you in a bad way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So don't wait to get to that point. You know, always, always stay cool with people. Always, like, you know, try to build your network. Obviously, not everybody gets along with everybody, you know, in this industry. You're going to find that. But stay professional. I have worked on shoots with people that I couldn't stand, but we made a movie. And we, you know, and as a collaboration, as a team collaboration, we made a great film. Will I ever speak to that person again? No, fuck that person. You know, but at the end of the day, while I'm on set, you know, you gotta keep it classy, you know? Yep. Keep it classy. So yeah, that's my advice.
0: Cool. Well, I greatly appreciate you coming on. Um, hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, um, thank you
1: for having me. That's and
0: so- uh, you know, I, I, I always put this out there. Um we got a con coming up in June here in Ohio and we hopefully in November we're trying to plan our November show cuz the November show is going to be the big one. Um we're hoping to go to a two-day show in a bigger location. Nice. So I always let everybody know that you're more than welcome to come up and um you know if you ever want to you know, I, I think we're doing this one. We're doing a viewing room. So we're going to put some movies up. We're having a couple of the actresses that were in the movies come up and you can watch the movie with them and then talk to them afterwards. But we're always one of the ones that uh, uh, I've showed local filmmakers movies in my shop. I've set up the other side, put the projector TV over there and we showed them over there and done all that stuff. So nice. I, I try to help indie horror as much as possible. You, I you're love so it.
1: Very supportive. You know, I wasn't talking about you, by the way, when I said that. <laughs> um, but it was totally cool speaking to you. This was a great, great chat. You know, um, we we went to Hara and Beyond, which was yep. awesome. Great topics. Um, you're a great guy. This was a great first, like, meet, you know. Yeah, um, know. And uh, definitely, oh, here's my question. Okay, what part of Ohio won? And two, what's the name of your phone puzzle? Um,
0: well, we are in Piqua, uh, Ohio, which is about 30 minutes north of Dayton. Okay. Uh, you head up 75, and you'll run right through our town. Uh, we are the Piqua Comic-Con uh, right now. Um, hopefully, I nice. am working to try to get um, – I just got uh, from a guy who's helping me get guests – uh, we might be getting the guy who did stunts for Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street. And his daughters were the jump rope girls from Nightmare on Elm Street. So, nice. This, this, this oh, is a uh, fingers they're crossed like,
1: type thing. But... They're adults now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cute uh, little blonde girls jumping in the one, two. Oh, my goodness. That was an old... um, yeah, Freddie's one of my favorite slashers. So that's that's pretty cool.
0: Uh, but it, it's it that that may not happen this time, but we're hoping to once we grow, because we had some issues because um we were in a mall of all places um that was you know mostly empty. So we were using a storefront. Then they moved us out of the storefront, so we took up this big chunk of the end of the mall where you walk down the hallway. We had the Batmobile last year. This year we're gonna have um the mystery machine and Dragula from uh, the Munsters. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, my little town doesn't have a whole lot.
1: Yeah, but that's pretty cool. It, it looks like you're really trying hard to, like, have a nice, a nice oh, event. It's
0: definitely. Cool. That's, that's what I want to do. I want to bring cool, the cool stuff to my hometown.
1: Nice. nice. So, well, it looks like you're doing it. Congrats.
0: Thank you. Um, <laughs> It's, it's, it's been an uphill battle.
1: <laughs> I know. I tried to launch a, a convention right before the pandemic that kind of went down the tube. I mean. Who knows in the future if I'll I'll try to revive that again that idea, but it was a lot. It was a lot. So I'm totally like I totally empathize with you. And kudos yeah. to you, man. That's a that's a big feat, you know.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's 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 hard because I run my business, I take care of my kid, I got my wife, and
1: that's just family man slash dad slash husband no. slash Superman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am a I am a a a massively proud of my family my i got four great kids and
1: oh congrats awesome and... that's always a wonderful thing god bless yep. that's awesome yep. sweet
0: so, all right <laughs> well i'll let you go and let you get back to doing what you're doing and thank you again yeah. for being on the show um like i said uh i'll probably edit this sunday and uh even though there's not a whole lot to edit out <laughs> except <laughs> for when we got up
1: and moved around a little bit Yeah, well, edit out some of my coughing. i'm sorry i have I was sick I was sick I'm just getting over a cold so I'm like coughing I'm like <laughs> it's not covid
0: <laughs> it's I did a- I did an entire episode when I had covid so I'm really? interviewing somebody and, <laughs> and what's oh, your next favorite movie No I didn't cough but oh. I was sitting here because covid hit me oh. hard and I couldn't stay awake So literally I'm like And I would have to to, take
1: an edible or something before, like, coming on the show.
0: (laughs) Although I've done that before, too, without thinking about it. (laughs)
1: Right. Uh, (laughs) Hey, I do that all the time. I've even... I I think there was this guy that I used to do podcasts with. And it was so funny because he's a Californian, but he was such a goody-goody. And I'm over here. Every time we had a meeting, I'm, like, token up, like, weed. I'm like... So, and I think after a while, he got tired of that shit because he... Like, we only worked together for a year. And I'm like, hey, what's up? He was like, oh, yeah, I've been busy. And I'm just like, this motherfucker doesn't want to work. With me <laughs> was it the weed? Was it the weed? Tell me the truth. Was it the weed? <laughs> I, I'm I'm legitimately
0: interviewing one of my friends who's a comic book artist. He worked for Nickelodeon and stuff. Uh-huh. And I took, I ate I ate a gummy. And I'm, I'm sitting there and we're talking, we're talking. It usually takes about an hour, hour and a half for him to kick in on me. Oh, right, right, right. And I'm sitting there figuring, I got plenty of time. And at the, like, almost at the hour mark, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, man, I'm high. (laughs) And I'm like, I I watched the episode, and as far as I could tell, I couldn't tell. But I, I don't know if anybody else could.
1: You know, I think when it comes to edibles, it's more in our heads. Like, we're feeling the high, and we think people see us high. But for some reason, the edibles, you know, they don't give you, like, that effect that when you... You know, when you smoke, even though you feel it, like, you know, mentally we're mm-hmm. feeling, it. And, you know, where things are going on, you know, in the head. But, yep. you know, but in actuality, it's like people are looking at you like, are you OK? Because you're bugging. You're like paranoid. And stuff like that. It happened to me when I was I was on a date with a with a well, he's a cop, but he's a you know, it was like he's um he worked at a correctional facility, but he's like a supervisor and oh my god, it was the worst because the same thing. Like I took the edible, and I remember when I went to the dispensary, he was like, "Look, just only take one," because that shit is. It was like these new. I think they were called Cushy Punch. Yeah, it, it was like just came out, and and you know he was giving freebies to like the, the, the dispensary owners, and they gave me one for free, and for this little jelly thing it was like forty dollars, and I was like, just little shit. He was like, listen, it's cut into six six pieces. Don't take all the pieces, he said. You know, take one. If you don't feel it within the first half an hour, then take another one, but don't surpass that second one because when it hits you, man, you're going to go. And I'm like, all right, I <laughs> went to the movie theater. I mean, in the first one, half an hour later, I'm like, it- but it tasted so good. So I have the second one. I still don't feel it. I'm like, man. And I popped the whole thing in the movie theater while I was watching um, Straight Out of Compton <laughs> in California, in LA. How gangster is that? <laughs> so I was like... So I'm here. Here I am next to a cop. High as fuck. <laughs> I was so high. And then... So when the movie ended, I like I didn't even want to leave the theater. I'm like procrastinating. I'm having like... He's like, Cindy, we got to get up. We got to go. And I'm like, oh, yeah. But you know... But you know, I wait. Let's, let's wait for the credits to end. And it was like the credits zoomed by. I was like... It was so bad. I was so high. And then I caught like a panic attack. Because like he was intimidating he was like this big really big guy and he's looking at me and i'm thinking i'm gonna go to jail and i'm getting all paranoid even though that obviously that wasn't the case but it was that experience was just like weird i was like never again you got to do it at the right place at the right time man because you you have a good high uh, oh here i only do do it here
0: I just I yeah, chill do out, it? I put on my
1: t- home with your wife, relax to bed, watching a movie. Yeah, you already know. You got oh, it, yeah. you got it down packed now.
0: No more meetings. No, no more meetings. No more. I I do it. I eat one after I do the entire
1: Yeah, celebration, a celebratory. Yeah, that's, after as soon
0: as we're done, I'll go over and grab one. I'll pop one in and I'll be good for that.
1: That's right. Well, I got my bud. I'm about to roll up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I smoke blunts and and joints and and bonds and all of the above (laughs) so yeah but um thank you so much